Manatsu, we will stand strong. Manatua, we will stand as warriors. Mana ake ake, we will fight forever. Ete tini ete mano no mai kitine matapihi e kawia mai nei inga kopapa o te almari kote ahika kote nei ko Justin Murray. Tonight on the show, I'm back in my hometown, Tauranga Moana, bringing you coverage of the 150th commemorations of Te Pakanga Apukehinehina, the Battle of Gate Palm. Tonight, I'm with Patrick Nicholas, Buddy Makaire, Peri Kohu, and Awanuiarangi Black, who contribute to the show. Now, Tiahika is in two parts. Firstly, Kahukiatunga Maharakinga wa Omua, the time leading up to the Battle of Gate Pa in 1864. And secondly, my coverage from the day this past Tuesday, on the 29th of April, the anniversary day in which the Battle of Pukehinehina, Gate Pa, took place. <laughs> Patrick Nicholas was a teenager. He recalls the time when a group came to his marae in Te Puna. Now, they wanted to know about the local history of that area. He was given that task. Local history of Tauranga has been his kai, or his sustenance, for the best part of three decades. He is a self-confessed hoarder and has in his possession pictures, books, film, tape recordings of interviews with tangata whenua, many who have now passed on. Now, leading up to the Battle of Gate Park commemorations, I sat down with Patrick to talk about the history, the site of the battle, and the strategy taken up by Māori leaders to defeat colonial troops. We'll also hear segments from the 1974 Spectrum programme, All the Queen's Men. The 20 years of peace and prosperity which nourished the tribes of Tauranga has been shattered. In January 1864... Governor Gray sent a punitive expedition to Tauranga to suppress rebellion in the Bay of Plenty. Several settlers and missionaries there advised against the move, pleading that the majority of natives there were untainted by the King movement and were not supporters of the rebel Waikato tribes. By April, the Waikato had fallen after Rewi Maniopoto's heroic stand at Orokau had ended in defeat. This released the Imperial Commander-in-Chief, General Cameron, to take over all command of the Tauranga force, consisting of the 68th and 43rd Light Infantry and Naval Brigades. But while the British poured in men and big guns, the natives had not been idle. They decided to make their stand at Wauku, some ten miles inland from the Imperial forces. Having rebuilt and fortified an old power there, the rebels prepared eight miles of road leading to it so as to lessen the fatigue of the Queen's soldiers. The chief, Rawiri Puhirake, then dispatched a formal message notifying the Imperial commander and accepting the ordeal of combat. One of the rebel warriors, Hori Natai, recalled these events. We drew up a challenge in the form of a letter to the British general inviting him to meet us and fight it out. This letter was sent by a herald to the Pākehā camp at Te Papa and we waited a reply. All was excitement. The clansmen were busy preparing for the fray, making cartridges, sharpening tomahawks, cleaning guns, getting food supplies and so forth. 
Martial councils were held and the Hakka Kaumate took place daily to put our young men in form and to arouse their warlike spirits. There are two reasons for the war. Um, there are people that wanted land and there are people that Governor Gray wanted to uh, colonise the Māori people. He thought that uh, he had a grand scheme confiscating all the land, inviting European settlers here to um, own the land and for them to employ the Māoris as uh, labourers, servants. So his plan was to take them off the land and break, do away with the uh, old customs where the Kingitanga was about keeping the old customs and keeping Māori authority over Māori areas. So uh, when the when Gray thought he had enough uh, uh, troops to win the war, he invaded Waikato. And also about that time, they um, crystallised the plan of confiscating all the land in Tauranga. Uh, prior to the troops even coming here, the um, colonial treasurer, Rita Wood, had already left for England, selling off the Tauranga lands before the battle even began. Um, the colonial treasurer went to England to um, get settlers out here and the affairs, their wages, the building of roads was all going to be paid out of confiscated land sales. So in Tauranga at the time, Māori were, there were different divisions. Some thought, oh, this Queen of Victoria might be okay. Um, others supported the Kingitanga. But there's a certain group that they weren't too much in favour of either. They were just uh, pro-Tauranga. And these are all the uh, religious ones, the Christians. That's uh, Henare Taratoa, Rawiri Puhirake, uh, Penetaka, uh, Kirati. And they were the leaders in the battles of uh, Gaipa. The natives proposed to take up a position nearer Te Papa. They selected Pukehinehine Ridge, a neck of land 300 yards wide, flanked by swamps and only three miles inland from the Pakeha camp. The missionaries had built a high bank and a deep ditch across the ridge to mark the extent of their land. Entry was by a gate, hence the name Gate Pa. The position was strategic, but the defences had to be built from scratch. Our women were with us, working as hard as the men, carrying back loads of material for the defences and food for the warriors. We sent them away to safety before the fighting began. There were a number of sites chosen before the gate power, uh, and Māori challenged them to come and fight, but didn't eventuate. Some of those other paths are Wauku, uh, Tawhiri Nui, which is up by Tawhiri Nui Marae, Potirifi, which is uh, across the road from Wairua Marae. The one they did fight it was uh, Pukahinahina, which is on the road to uh, the Waikato, what's now known as Cameron Road, after the general. It's uh, on a bit of a hill, and so it's uh, made it sort of difficult to uh, uh, attack, you know, being a bit uphill. 
the best way of describing the the area is to think of the capital A, where the where the arrow part is the land, where it oh. comes into a V, yes. and the pa is a line across the small line that joins both sides of the thing, which uh, you know blocked the. You had to go through the party to progress to the Waikato. Well, the, the area is on the Tepapa Peninsula. Uh, the land in front of uh, where the battle was fought was uh, um, purchased by the missionary Archdeacon Brown of um, Te Mate Rawaho, the one of the local hapus. That's descendants of Te Rangi Kino and Hiniwa. Um, the land also where the Tepapa Peninsula was is part of the land that was placed under the mana of the king. This was uh, when the Māoris could see um, more and more uh, settlers and the numbers increasing and they wanted to know how to accommodate um, all these uh, settlers from overseas. There was a thought that in some districts where a lot of the settlers were, they would be set them up under the Queen Victoria laws and in the Māori areas uh, would come under the rules of the king. And uh, Tauranga was one of those areas. And uh, the land is from the Waimapu North was placed under the mind of the king. This became uh, made Tauranga a target for the crown. Tauranga, the evening of April the 28th, 1864. In the vicarage, a dozen officers of Her Majesty Queen Victoria's Imperial Forces kneel in prayer. The Archdeacon of Tauranga asks for courage and guidance for the British troops in battle, a battle which is only hours away. Strategy behind the battle was the British were going to destroy the Maldives by artillery and they had one of the heaviest artillery bombardments ever in the history of the... Per square yard, it's one of the, probably the heaviest bombardment in the history of the world. They had the biggest guns ever used up to that time, 110-pounders. And their strategy was to destroy the Maldives with the artillery and then to storm the power and uh, see if there are any survivors. On the afternoon of the 28th of April, Cameron began moving his troops into position. The Gate Power defenders numbered no more than 250 warriors. General Cameron now had at his disposal a total force of 2,000. Suddenly, as our eyes ranged over the country towards the Papa, we saw unusual activity in the soldiers' camp. The warriors of the Queen, soldiers and sailors, were marshaled in array of battle, and then they advanced towards us. It was an army that marched against our fort, a great body of infantry and a number of cannon. The Māori strategy was to negate the artillery, 
make it w useless. And they did this by uh, building underground bunkers. The, the bigger the artillery, the deeper you have to dig. Sometimes, like in sports, it's uh, difficult to take people on their strength, but when you do, they, com they are completely shocked. Under cover of darkness, the 68th took up positions at the rear. The British were now on the Pa's left flank, in front and in the rear. Sporadic shelling had accompanied the sham attack, but at daybreak on the 29th, the bombardment began in earnest. An awful fire was concentrated on our redoubt. Our fences and frail parapets soon crumbled away. Splinters and earth were continually flying through the air. We were smothered with dirt thrown up by the exploding shells. And this, the rain which had set in, soon turned into mud. At last, Booth waved his sword and gave the word, and we got up and went at the place in great style. We were met by very sharp fire, both in our front and on our right, and the bullets whistled about our heads. The breach was very easy to get through, but when we got inside, we were brought up by the rifle pits. Inside, the fire was tremendously hot, and the men were falling fast. The worst was that we could not see the Maoris as they were in pits covered over with flax and teachers, through the rules of which they put their rifles and fired at us at about a distance of three yards. Me and fell thick and fast. Tomahawk clashed on cutlass and bayonet. Tupara. Our double-barrel fouling pieces met rifle and pistol. Skulls were cloven. Maoris were bayoneted. Naitarangi parted. Our hatchet bit deep into white heads and shoulders. The place was soon full of dying and dead men. Pākehā and Māori. Altogether, about 20 Māori died, and only about 10 died in the battle. Yeah, the strategy was first to um, negate the artillery, which they did. The second strategy was to allow them to storm the pa, which is what the British thought, what wanted to do. They were fighting and had all a strategy of how they were going to break in and, and do all this, but the Maldives actually wanted them to get them in, get in. And it's um, when they got in, the first um, thing they saw when they got in, it looked pretty deserted. And they actually, one person actually returned to the general to say the power had been taken. They expected everyone to be killed with their with the artillery, because they had been doing it for uh, eight nine hours. Um, but unknown to them, the Maoris also had trenches there, which were covered over. And when the order was given, the Maoris opened fire. The British couldn't see them because they were, you know, under cover, and. Uh, in their pits, and all they could see was the muzzle sticking out, and it was a bit of a massacre, and they, they panicked and ran. Basically, that's how the um, the battle was won. They were, they were so confused. All the officers were killed. They were in complete shock because they had been witnessing this bombardment all day. 
and you couldn't believe that anyone would survive. So uh, Rawiri Puiraki is one, uh, the key leader in the fighting. Pene Tucker was a designer. A, a lot of the uh, the hapu of uh, Ngati Tapu and Tamati Rawaho. The uh, British had about 1,700. I'm not sure how many of the Maldives have. The, okay. the common figure of 200 and something is bandied around, but uh, often I think there was a lot less. In his dispatch to Governor Gray, General Cameron describes the battle in detail, but spends only one brief paragraph analysing its failure. This repulse I am at a loss to explain, otherwise than by attributing it to the confusion created among the men by the intricate nature of the interior defences and the sudden fall of so many of their officers. The Pākehā losses were severe. In all, 111 of all ranks were killed or wounded. The Māori losses were no more than 40. The vicarage overflowed with dead and dying. Hospital facilities were hopelessly inadequate. The British learnt a lot about that. What do you think they learnt, Patrick? Oh, they certainly learnt a lot about um, trench warfare and uh, combating uh, artillery and, and even uh, trenches. You'd no longer have trenches and straight lines because a lot of times the, the battle was used for uh, an excuse to confiscate the land. But um, the battle had little to do with confiscation. The... The target of the crown was the, the kingitanga. We've got to sort of give a perspective on uh, how things were in that time and how would that affect us today, because none of us were there. There are a lot of Māori still living in Tauranga, descended from those that fought. Post the confiscation, uh, when Gray's native policies got in, there was a big move to do away with Māori names. Well, the next century... A lot of the Māori kids were renamed when they went to school. They were given parking names by the school teacher. And we have an um, example here with uh, our CEO. His name is Penetaka after the man that designed the uh, gay park defences. And when he went to school, the uh, school teacher said, from now on you'll be called Brian. And it was a way of uh, um, colonisation of Māoris, do away with their Māori names, do away with their language. And um, that was all part of the plan with the um, gate power. Tēnei te mihi kia koe Patrick Nicholas no Ngāti Ranginui Pirirākau. In that interview we heard segments from the Spectrum radio programme All the Queen's Men, produced by Jack Perkins in 1974. A big thank you to Jack who allowed Tiahika to rebroadcast parts of that programme. 2014, Tauranga. Gate Pa. The Wednesday morning shuffle shuffle, students laden with school books and other worldly perils destined for Gate Pa Primary School, Tauranga Girls College, Tauranga Boys College. Later the doctors sip their coffee at the roadside cart. During lunch break and the people who called Tauranga home, ko mauau te maunga, ko Tauranga te moana, busy themselves with grocery shopping. At Gate Pa New World, and Fraser Cove countdown, hold back the mad rush. But if you collect 30 stickers, you get four teaspoons for $1.99. People walking the streets of which they know the name, but not the history. 1864, the same setting, different story. Stealing over the skyline, 300 men of the 43rd Regiment bombard Pukehinehina. 
Armstrong guns and howitzers raining shells for eight hours. Our forebearers fighting, the Europeans commanded by Cameron, the Māoris protected by Pini Taka Tuaia, the former to conquer, the latter to retain. Gallantry, bravery, passion, the driving forces behind each party, the anguish and emotion of the battle running high, propelling not only the actions of these warriors, but the pulsations of their hearts and the furnace of their souls. Heroes traversing streets yet unnamed, making the history. The valour and value of 1864 is paramount in our history. 150 years on, we would do well to remember this. Linda Chanwai Earl with the poem Now and Then. Now that poem went on to win the Gate Park Commemorations Poetry Competition, uh, written by Emily McCarthy. Now Emily is 17 years old and attends Tauranga Girls College, who wishes to study a degree in science majoring in molecular biology, environmental science and political science. Neira te mihi kiakwe, Emily. Project manager of the Pukehinehina Trust, Buddy Makaire, attended Matapihi School as a kid and today spends his time between Tauranga and Manaya. He explains the work carried out by the Trust over the past few months, which included taking the story of the Battle of Gate Park into primary schools. When I met up with him at St George's Church, he recalls what he knew of the battle growing up. When I was here 50 years ago for the same commemoration, it was 100 years ago, the 100-year commemoration, feels like 100 years ago. Um, none of these trees were here, and all us kids were down there, and um, everything was happening up the top here, and we couldn't see anything. Well, I couldn't see anything anyway. I mean, I'm short now, but I was even shorter then. We're going to turn it around this time, so everybody will be up here on the hill looking down, so all the ceremony will happen down on the flat piece over there. Um, the, uh, the warriors that are training to do the haka, they'll deliver the haka down there. Um, it should be pretty impressive because they've been training for over a month now. Um, so they'll deliver that down there. We'll have a big screen up down there so and cameras over here so everybody who's sitting over there can see what's happening down the road. There'll be eight big poe put in along that sidewalk there. Yes plus this new flagpole, and so the dawn one, um, there'll be a blessing of those po, uh, plus this flagpole. Everybody will go down to the Urupa downtown, and we'll have that military one, and we'll all rush back up here, because at 12 o'clock up here there's a porphyry for all the visiting iwi, and then we'll have another couple, might have a full roll as well. <laughs> um, and then 2 o'clock is when the, all the military units will march up Cameron Road, which will be closed. So they'll come oh, just down up here, here, right. Yeah, they'll come marching up. Well, it's about 700 metres, I suppose. And uh, they'll come marching up the road here. The Governor-General, they'll stop. The Governor-General will join the march. They'll come on. Um, when they get up to just about opposite us here, they'll turn to face this way. We'll have all the iwi haka parties and the wero, um people all over here. I was... Reckoning he'll get about 500 plus. So just to clarify, buddy, where we are standing now was the, the site of the Battle of Gate Pa. This is the very um, uh, end of where the Pa was. Most of the Pa was out there. So oh. where Cameron Road is now, yes. where the bowling club is. the bowling is, club is we're looking at. And right down the other side. So most of the Pa was over there. So it's only this small remnant that's left. Well, we'll have a look at this yep. little map over here. 
So it's just this bit here really that where we are now. So that's where Cameron Road goes through now. So all the rest of that is gone. <clears throat> so yeah, just a little bit. See those tall trees over there? Between those two trees here, there's some tall trees. Oh yeah, we're down there. That's where the cannons were firing from. It's a, there's a hill just behind the hospital. And so that's where they were um, they were firing up here at the site. And there's some other smaller ones around here. And then they took... Um, they're really energetic, these parkers, eh? They, <laughs> they dragged a couple of cannons across the other side there, on that hill, where those houses are now. So they were firing straight into the path from over there. Oh, we've got a school coming now, Tauranga Girls College. Oh, Girl, yeah. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> oh, hello, Murray. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Yeah, and Leonie Somerville down there. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> um, you've been interviewed, eh? I was just explaining to Justine here from Radio New Zealand um, some of the things going to happen here on the day. And we're talking about how we're going to close off Cameron Road. Um, we're going to get all the military guys, so that's the Army, the Navy, the New Zealand Army Band, the local cadets. There's um, a group of guys who dress up like soldiers dressed in 1864, um, so they'll be coming as well. One of the things that General Cameron had when he came here in 1864 he had 42 drummers, so we're trying to find 42 drummers to join the um, join the parade and come up the road. Um, so we've cleaned out just about every pipe band between here and Rotorua, getting all their drummers. And they'll march up the road. The double-barrel shotguns that uh, Māori at Gate Park had, we've had some made in, made in Italy to the same English design. Um, they're just in the, at the moment, they're, they're having the butts on them calves, so they're really cool. Yes, our family goes between two places here in Tauranga Moana and our other home is down in Hauraki on the Coromandel, a place called uh, Manaya. So we, we're backwards and forwards all the time. I uh, went to school here at um, Matapihi and then at um, Surf City High, which is Mount Monganui College. My whole interest in um, Gate Pai actually started before that. Um, our family was living in the Waikato and... Uh, and we used to come here most weekends and anyway one day the school that I was going to decided they would have a field trip to Tauranga to go and look at all the historical things. I didn't go but anyway when all the other kids came back they'd obviously been to Gate Par and seen all the things and um, so the teachers decided that they would have a recreation on the football field of the Battle of Gate Par and I was allowed to be one of the Māori warriors. Um, anyway our teacher said to us, yeah, all you warriors, remember to die bravely. So, okay, so we did that, and, you know, it wasn't until many years later I found out, well, actually, we won that one, and it was all the Pakehas that died. Um, so I've always had an interest in Gate Pass since then. Kia ora, Buddy Makaere. Cameron Road is the longest stretch of road in Tauranga, and now when you pass the main shopping centre going towards Greerton or towards Hamilton, you'll come across eight carved po on the roadside. Peri Kohu oversaw the project, which also included two po carved from Tōtara. Now, this is situated on the hilltop next to the flagpole at St George's Church. The work was carried out at Tauranga Historic Village in the old fire station building, which is where I talked about the depictions of the carvings with Peri. Uh, Takitimite waka, ko tamati ariki nui te tangata, 
Takumarai, ko Huria, Hapu Ngai Ngai Tamarawaho, Te Taha Tokupaya, ko Maumau Kai Te Maunga, ko Nuhaka Te Awa, ko Rākai Pāka, me rongo mai wahine te iwi, a iwi. Kia ora, kia ora, Piri. Now, we're here at the historic village. We're next to the old, well, fire station, really. What's what's taking place there this morning? Well, for the last three months, we've been um, carving po whenua, um, po whenua that will line Cameron Road uh, outside uh, the the battle site at Gate Pa. Uh, the Po representing uh, different iwi and uh, uh, at the moment um, they're doing Ngāti Matepu Po, that is uh, the fighting toa from Ngāi Tamarāwaho, uh, doing one for the Pākehā representation in, uh, in, in at the battle, that is uh, General Duncan Cameron and, and uh, some of the other soldiers that were there. And the third one there is... Um, completed that that will represent uh, all those who came to Tauranga to to Tautoko to Kingitanga because that's what it was all about. Rangi Rangi Wewehi, the Whanaua Hinerupe, the Whakatoa here, the Kohiriki, um, of course uh, the uh, Confederation of Tribes from from Tainui Waka. So these eight po all in total? There is, there is. Um, the missing ones that I, I probably didn't identify are Waitaha, Pukenga, Rangi Hauhiri, that's Ngāti Rangi, and Ngāti Ranginui, that's four. Ngāti Hangarau po in there has, uh, uh, has been carved by James Tapiata. Hangarau has one, and uh, Tamarawa has one that, uh, that makes six. There's a park air one. Yes. Four mentioned... Uh, those that came to Tautoko, the Tauranga Tangata in the Battle at Gate Park. Oh, right, so these were eight. Right, kia ora. These, these, these logs are, are five-metre logs at a 500-metre girth, so they're quite, quite substantial in size. So with, with the formation of the Pukahine and the Trust, it's really a good opportunity to progress the Pakaro, which is based around lifting the profile of the battle site of Pukahine in a, and Tauranga because it was really quite obscure. Not a lot of Tauranga people know about uh, that site. Um, so that, that's been on, on my mind for, for years. Um, so we've been able to, to articulate that now and, and by preparing this po. Yeah. How many kaifakairo do you have? So seven. seven is it an uh, eight-hour day carving? What's yeah, that process like? Yes, it is. It really is. It really is. Um, uh, these, these these boys as they are, uh, the work is quite stressful because you know you, you, it's it's uh, all day creative kind of a situation and they can be really really draining on yes. the mind. Okay, so I'm back here with Peter and we're just outside the fire yes. station. Peter, can you just tell me what's happening, please? Well, Fare is, is is finishing off a pole that has got General Cameron on it. And, and Damien is finished off on Ngāti Matipu, Ngāti Tamarāwaho Pau, which is, a, it is an interesting story because it's, it's about a, a soldier who de, de, deserted the uh, colonial armies and married one of our queer. And so that's the story of Ngāti Matipu on, uh, on that Pau. And, of course, we've got a finished Pau here that's um, 
it's about the, uh, the support that came from the other iwi to Tauranga and Tautoko uh, us at the Battle of Gay Pa. So Pare Pare Thompson is uh, being the master carver behind this and uh, and I have to say we're really blessed to have Pare um, carving with Damien Kohu. They, they will be unveiled by the Tamarawaho people uh, and uh, Tauranga Tangata in support of, of that situation. I say Tamarawaho because the land is actually, uh, the manapenua belongs there to Naitamarawaho. Tēnā kui piri kohu. This past Tuesday on April the 29th, I joined a few hundred people that watched on as those po were unveiled. At the time, now we're talking 5.30 in the morning, it was raining. People shielded themselves under their umbrellas. But at about 5.45am, or actually close to 6am, the karakia was recited, and to the happiness of everybody there, light blue skies opened up and the rest of the day was fine. After the unveiling of the po and a light breakfast, the people then were taken about 5k's towards central Tauranga for a service to those who had fought and those who had died in the Battle of Gate Pa, or Tamataha Cemetery. Murray Radio New Zealand National Tahika. We've just left the site of uh, Pukehinehina and now we're making our way to Otamataha Cemetery. It's run about 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, 29th of April. I'm with uh, some of the uh, local Kuia and Kaumatua. Kia ora Hawata. I'm here with Dr. Hawata Palmer. <laughs> That's the first time I'm addressing you, is that? <laughs> so, your thoughts on the uh, dawn ceremony? The unveiling of the eight po and yes, and, and uh, very very moving, very moving karakia uh, as an opening to the to the whole commemoration service for uh, Pukehinehina. And now we're going to Otamataha, which is the mission cemetery where all of the not not all of the some of the uh, killed soldiers are buried. And uh, I suppose here we will be we'll be carrying out uh, karakia for the for the commemoration of the battle uh, and the burial of those great warriors, both Pākehā and Māori. This has been a culmination of about a couple of years for those behind the scenes. Um, yes. 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 Were you at the hundredth anniversary, Hawata? <laughs> Sorry, I, <laughs> <laughs> don't be offended, buddy. Mighty Mackay was as a kid. I can I can remember being at one of the commemoration uh, services. I don't know which one it was. Uh, quite a few years ago, at um, and we had a memorial service at St George's Church, uh, and that was that was uh, interesting too. Uh, and, and but it wasn't it wasn't on the same scale as it is today. Uh, today's is uh, is a uh, very large uh, commemoration service for for that battle, and uh, the unusual thing of it was that on the day of the battle, 150 years ago, it poured down with rain, and on this day, it poured down with rain. So, I don't know whether there's a sign in there, but uh, that took place. But um, now, 
If you were to sum up the Battle of Pukehinehina, um, Dr. Hawata, it was one of how would you sum it up, sum it up in terms of strategy, um, you know, trench warfare? Oh, I, I think I think it was uh, from if I was looking through my brown eyes, uh, it was a great strategic battle. Uh, it was well planned uh, and it was well executed. And as could be seen from the result, uh, it was it was a, uh, a great victory for the Maori participants in the battle. Uh, and later on, of course, uh, the the current changed, and the whole thing changed in favour of the of the English troops. So, yeah. Kia ora, Dr. Hawata Palmer. Lord God. We remember those who gave their life and their youth, their hopes and their dreams for our future. We use these wreaths as symbols of our thankfulness for what they gave us. Bless these wreaths in the name of God, creator, redeemer and giver of life. Our first wreath, the British Army wreaths, both memorials, Major General Cullen and Lieutenant Colonel Tim Woodman. The second wreath of the Navy Cross, United Kingdom Naval Rep, and WOSCS Reese Golding. The fourth wreath by representatives from Pukegaki, Taratoa, and Natai Whanau on the Tupuna Memorials. Rāwiri Pukegaki. Henare Taratoa, Oninatai. Kia mau mahara tonu tātou, kia rātou. Justin Murray, Radio New Zealand National, Te Ahikā, here at the 150th commemorations of the Battle of Pukehinehina, Tauranga Moana. I've just returned uh, from Ōtamataha Cemetery, where they had a, a service there. We've now come back to where we began, uh, at Gate Pa. I'm here with um, Des Tata to talk about um, the rest of the, uh, the proceedings. <laughs> kia ora, Des. Uh, kia ora, Tata. We're in uh, the lovely part of the day, and uh, we'll be getting pakapaka very shortly. But... Um, What's going to happen in the next uh, next three colours or now? The um, the king, the kingitanga, will be uh, coming on to the to the pass site, and a big, huge welcome will take place. And then he'll he'll take his his seat along with uh, the rest of the motu, and then the the pohiri will begin also with the. the or with the huge um, kapahaka that's gonna, the hakapuri is gonna take place. It's gonna be one of the biggest scenes in Tauranga anyway. So that'll take place, and then they'll take their seats. Can you talk about some of those iwi that helped us in the Battle of Pukehinehina? Yes, um, some of those, some of those, they're all here today and yep. all represented on the pole, and um, starting from the furthest, from the, on the east coast, 
uh, we had Hinerupe of Ngāti Purau. They were here. They were here with their chiefs. Uh, Tamatātai was one. They were one of their chiefs. And uh, he led that party from that. And Hoera was another. And moving up the coast, then we get to Whānau Apanui. Whakatohea was led by, by um, Tamaki and Pohipi. And then we move into the, the Tuhoi. And Tuhoi Whānau were here as well. And then uh, Tiaroa. Families of Tiaroa was here. Uh, Ngāti Pikiao, Rangiwewehi. And Uenuku and, Kōpako. Um, so they were here, and uh, also uh, Waitaha, but uh, we don't class them as, um, as being part of the, the Tarawa contingent that came here, because they're from here. And then, um, then we had the, um, the, the Waikato whānau that came down, Hapu that came down, and there was uh, the Kohiriki. The Kohiriki was made up uh, with the people in the Rohe, this side of the Hunua range, ranges, right back down to um, Mangatangi and across to Tanifa, that was the Rohe. They, they are the, the Waikato component that was here. Ko Matakokiri Tata, no Ngaitama Rawaho, te hapu o Ngāti Rangime. Hanei te tangata whenua o tēnei whenua o Pekehinerina. From about lunchtime, King Tu Heitia, Waikato and other iwi were then welcomed to Pokehinehina. On both the visiting side and the Hokainga or Tangata Whenua side, there were a range of haka performed. Blankets, muskets, tayaha, weaponry and clothing that was worn during that period in 1864 adorned the hundreds of participants. It was a site that many, including the media, clambered for a photo or video of. On the eve of the commemorations, I sat down with Tiawanui Black, who, along with Rewiti Temete, composed the haka Te Peru Peru Apuke Hina Hina, which was performed on the day alongside the other haka pōhiri. Uh, ko rangataua te tāhuna, uh, ko ngā pāpaka o rangataua, uh, e, e mihia tūnei, uh, kia koutou ki ngā taringa e whakarongo maina. Kia ora, kia ora, Awanui. In terms of the, the haka, I know that there are, is there three that will be performed tomorrow? Um, there will be um, quite a number of haka. Oh. Each of the iwi groups or waka groups that are attending will perform their own. And, um, and then we have have learnt uh, three main haka uh, and the different types of haka as well as um, so there are there's the all um, haka using weapons peru peru uh, whakatū waiwai etc and puha which are sort of short uh, sharp um, types of uh, exhortations I guess you might call them and the one that, well, I don't know if you can separate because they all have their role, but Te Peru Peru uh, Pukehina Hina is, was written by yourself and Riwiti Temete? That's correct, yes. Maria, Kata, 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 Kata. 
haka in effect um, in the first part Adelaide, well the first part of it of course is it describes the lead up to the battle itself which began at, uh, at Porterifi which was an old pass site on the Wairua River uh, it talks about the code of conduct um, and then it goes on to describe the some of the leading figures of that time um, to acknowledge them, should I say? Pere Takatuai, Rawiri Puhirake, Henare Taratoa, Prawne Koi Koi are the ones whom, whom are mainly referred to. Finally, it, the haka really talks about, um, despite all of that happening, um, everything that's happened to our people over the years, um, confiscations, uh, the loss of culture, language, etc., etc. Um, despite all of that, we're still here today, and, um, and in fact, we're growing stronger and stronger. And so it's, uh, I guess, at the end, it's, uh, it's really accentuating that the hope, I guess, for the future. The theme surrounding the commemorations is reconciliation. Was that was that Fakarot t- taken into account when composing the haka? Um, it's um, a little bit of that, but uh, the really, I guess, it's uh, for um, while certainly acknowledging that and supporting um, that the concept of reconciliation, which is very important, um, not only between Maori and uh, those who uh, colonised the area. Um, and the descendants of those colonists today and other people, but also reconciliation amongst ourselves, um, amongst the, the hapu and the iwi of Tauranga Moana, um, very important. Uh, but w- what we wanted to do in this particular um, haka uh, was to, for it to, uh, to ensure, if you like, the, the, the sacrifices, if you like, of our ancestors um, are not overshadowed and are not forgotten um, while we move into a positive future. Mm, mm. And the last part of the haka talks, um, says, Kangaro, Kangaro, Kaia, Kaia, Te Toka, Tirikawa, which is a well, fairly well known proverb in the, this part of the world. Um, refers to North, what people uh, know as North Rock at the base of the mount. Um, that regardless of how the tides and everything. Um, thrash against it, and um, sometimes it's submerged. Um, it always emerges um, above the waves, and um, that's mm. that's really about us. That is as, as a people. The logistics of organising a, when I say mass haka, I mean it really is going to be quite a large scale haka. The logistics of getting the whānau involved in performing tomorrow. 
Yeah, um, it, it has been a massive exercise, uh, a pleasurable um, exercise, because I think one of the, even though it's been very, it's been, you know, it's had its moments, of course, um, as all of these types of things do, uh, but it's a, a feeling of a sense of kotahitanga mm-hmm. amongst our people here, uh, which, which I think that a lot of our, our people acknowledge that. Um, yesterday we had at um, the mass practice for just for our people, locals mainly, uh, there were in excess of 200, there were probably about 230 or so. Uh, we've got nearly 400 people arriving in town tonight from the various other iwi around the place. Uh, and I think on the day, if everybody turns up, uh, we'll be close to the 1,000 um, mark, So, and which I guess for to- in Tauranga Moana would be the largest um, haka of, that we've had for a long, long, long time. So the logistics of doing it, we've had a good team that's worked well and we've had um, individuals who have gone out and amongst, for instance, we've had uh, two, two, of our, two of our men who've gone out amongst most of the schools in the area. And taught it. And taught it. Wow. So, um, most of the secondary schools, um, a, a good deal of the primary schools, um, all of the intermediates, and uh, have covered from Tepuke to Katikati to Matakana Island. So th- they've gone out and done that. Um, others have gone further afield. So it's been, uh, it's been a really, um, I guess, uh, heartwarming might be the word, that, you know, heartwarming exp- experience to see not only that uh, people are really interested in doing this, mm. um, to the buy-in from the community at large, um, for instance, right. the principals here in, in Tauranga are very supportive. Uh, but also to see the, um, the, our new leaders emerging, you know, our future leaders emerging and taking up the challenges and, and doing a really, really great job. So it's, um, mm. it's been excellent. So is this where your job ends? Or I know in June, of course, there's the commemorations of the Battle of Teranga. Would you do mass haka we'll, there as we'll well? We'll continue on to Teranga. Um, we'll continue on to Teranga, but um, I think um, this for myself personally is that is that what we've been able to create here is momentum, and what I'd like us to think about the, our Tauranga Moana people is that while we all belong to um, such and such marae and such and such hapu and such and such iwi, it's not a bad thing to be um, to consider ourselves Tauranga Moana, and in fact it's something that we should embrace. And so let's take this momentum and move forward into the future um, as a force to be reckoned with in all aspects of it, um, but also, you know, to celebrate essentially who we are. Um, so that's, you know, I think, um, if, so we'll probably look for other opportunities, if you like, mm. to maybe not do the, the same type of thing, but certainly around these cultural, the cultural awakening um, of our people from one end of the Moana to the other. And when we go out of here into the future, you know, when, the, when our tūhoi cousins um, stand and, uh, and they start a haka, you know, there'll be 500 of them that'll, that'll rise to do that haka. But we can do the same now.
Tēnā koe te Awanui Black. From about 2pm, the Governor-General, Sir Jerry Matepārai, Minister of Māori Affairs Peter Sharples and other officials were welcomed on. The day wrapped up at about 4.30 that afternoon. Inevitably, social media, Facebook and Twitter pages lit up with images from the day. And yes, you can check out my pictures at radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika, that's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. That's the show for another week. To listen again, you can download the audio from our web page as well. He mihi tēnei kia koutou katoa ngā kai whagarongo, huri noa i te motu, huri noa i te ao. Kei ōku kaumātua, kei ōku whanaunga ki tauranga moana, ngā koutou tērā e hāpai nei te kaupapa. Join Tiahika next Sunday here on Radio New Zealand National Kia Pai Tā Koutou Wiki. Have a great week. Modi tu, Modi ora.